Hello, everybody. This is Raul Ramirez of the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we help you elevate your grappling, and together we keep real wrestling alive. Thank you very much for being here. Um, I don't expect much. Uh, I don't expect anybody to uh, come on here live for this one. It's actually uh, kind of a later night, uh, uh, like live stream here that we're doing. So, depending on when you're, if you're not listening to this live, if you're listening to this later. Um, it was, it's kind of later on at night. Um, I had some time to uh, go on, so I figured I would go on because uh, I've been wanting to, and I've been wanting to get to this subject because it was a special request from one of our uh, Catch Wrestling Alliance Academy um, students. So um, I wanted to tackle this. Um, it might not be exactly the the the. I might I might not be saying the things that uh are, that people might want to hear with this one or it might it might not be the exact connections that people would like to see um but we'll see how this goes because I, I don't really have this plan but i want to try to present a lot of really cool uh citations and stuff uh that i put together for this subject so but before that let's go ahead and give some um some announcements so uh cool thing Okay, so um, it's nearing fall, so that means UCLA, so the University of California at Los Angeles, so the university um, here in Los Angeles um, is going to be back in session, so that means our catch wrestling program at that university is going to be going back on, uh, coming up pretty soon in the next couple of weeks once school gets back in session. So if you happen to be a UCLA student, uh, try to jump on or if you're uh, staff or if, uh, I believe you can probably now become a member uh, they they're, they're had they had everything kind of tight because of covid but I believe now you can become like a member of the gym this is what it used to be where it's like you, you can become a member of the gym it's a public gym so it should be cheaper you just have to get to the campus and then you'd be able to take the classes and stuff but um, I believe that they are easing up again because of the, the decrease in like all the COVID cases and stuff. So um, we'll see how it goes. I think it's a good thing to check out. Uh, but also we, we will still have our our catch wrestling class at Fight Science MMA. Uh, that's ongoing. So if, if you're in Los Angeles, you feel free to jump in. Or if you're not in Los Angeles and you're not on the East Coast near my buddy John Strickland, um, then you can feel free to jump on our Catch Wrestling Alliance uh, Academy uh, platform. So that's that's our that's on our website, catchwrestlingalliance.com. Uh, so that's available anytime. Okay. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get to the, the subject. So uh, the question was: Is there any kind of connection? Or I think the main thing was the philosophic philosophically: Is there any kind of uh, connection that you can draw between catch wrestling and say like Japanese martial art philosophy. And really the short answer is no. Um, just no, the, 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 the way the, uh, the two cultures approached, um, training and stuff, um, is different. Right. But say since, since uh, catch wrestling or pro wrestling uh, um, is really popular in Japan, then there's some people who have, like, say, maybe their their grappling programs that 
combined some some catch wrestling submissions and stuff, and then they kind of combined some uh, maybe uh, some like Japanese uh, f- like philosophical quotes and stuff. Um, then you'll see that, and then they'll try to combine some of this martial art philosophy um, and catch wrestling, or at least the grappling and stuff. But uh, truly, at their core, you know, the 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 cultures were that much different. That um, I personally can't agree that they uh, they have so much of a of a similar root, but there are practitioners say like a farmer burns right so a catch wrestling practitioner who advocates for a lot of things that are kind of similar to more of a a naturalistic philosophy that could be uh, kind of construed or can be could be connected or could be similar to what you might find in a japanese or even maybe some kind of uh, east asian philosophy right so um this kind of this kind of well, with that being said let's go ahead and kind of break those down too so like in particular the question was asked about budo so what that means like bu means martial and do is dao or like the way so like the martial arts way and so uh japanese actually are a little bit different from you know each each country has their own uh philosophies and their own types of uh ways of doing things so um a lot of times the japanese things will will have some kind of codification right and i think that's kind of like so in, in our catch wrestling alliance like youtube channel and stuff like that we've seen um what say farmer burns and uh, frank gotch have called the code of catch wrestling so in japanese or at least japanese martial arts budo is kind of considered like the code of the way uh like Japanese martial arts, or at least the martial way. So it does have um, uh, a codification that you can kind of find. Um, and uh, they're, they're listed here, right? So it's like, this is, um, this is, this is here are Bushido's eight virtues as explicated by uh, Nitobe in Inazo. Okay, so one, number one, restitude or justice. Number two, courage. Right, so number three, benevolence or mercy. Number four, politeness. Number five, honesty and sincerity. Number six, honor. Number seven, loyalty. Number eight, character and self-control. Right. So, and he gives on this one website about the martial way, you know, they give that they show the characters, like the Chinese characters. And um, for some reason, people seem to think that the Chinese characters that Japanese people use are, are Japanese, but no, these are, these are Chinese characters uh, that the Japanese incorporated into their writing system. So sometimes they'll have different connotations, uh, but um, some things are exactly the same. So like do, the do or the budo or it's, it's still the dao, right, from Mandarin. Or that's how you pronounce it in Mandarin, dao. So that in that case, 
uh, to kind of give you a little bit more, uh, a little bit more information about that, that would be the same Tao as in Taoism. So, which is a, it's not Japanese, it's Chinese, and so you can kind of get an idea. Actually, I have I have one of the, so I have a copy of it here of the Tao Te Ching. So it's like a classic text that um, of Taoist philosophy or philosophical quotes, or not quotes, but philosophical kind of like poems um, or passages that you can gain a lot of inspiration from. Uh, this was written by Lao Tzu, and it was, this is actually considered one of the best uh, translations of it. It's kind of interesting by Stephen Mitchell. So if I'm saying, so if you know a passage uh, uh, one way, and if I say it in a you know, if I read it and it's kind of different from what you or what you remember, um, it's just a different translation. <laughs> so don't, don't get too upset about it. It's a different translation, and everyone translates things different. I like Stephen Mitchell's translation because uh, he really picks up the the like the poetry of these passages. Some other ones, actually, I have another another more. Uh, this one. This translation um, is a little bit more like stuffy, you know. It's almost like a kind of like a word for word type thing, where it, it almost like just seems it loses kind of like the poetry or the poetic aspect, and it just seems so like almost like it goes from poetry to prose, like, and it becomes really kind of stuffy and uh, uh, something that you don't want to read, something you fall asleep to, right? Um, not necessarily get inspired by, but like it's good. And so to give you an idea of some of the, some of the, the Chinese uh, philosophical quotes or philosophical uh, perspective, let's go and kind of give some of these ideas, right? So with regards to, and so this is different from the art of war, actually, just in case, because this I'm going to read about, uh, actually, let me, let me just read one. All right. So the, 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 the generals have a saying, rather than make the first move, it is better to wait and see. Rather than advance an inch, it is better to retreat a yard. This is called going forward without advancing, pushing back without using weapons. There is no greater misfortune than, under, than underestimating your enemy. Underestimating your enemy means thinking that he is evil. Thus, you destroy your three treasures and become an enemy yourself. When two great forces oppose each other, the victory will go to the one that knows how to yield, right? So you have these types of passages. I should probably just read the first one because kind of give you a better idea of, of Taoism and kind of like the way things are done and then how later these kinds of these words especially like Tao, is used in japanese for their types of martial arts right certain martial arts like judo is the same Tao, uh budo is the same Tao, aikido is the same it's like the way was it uh judo is a uh, in mandarin it's ro Tao, so that means uh soft the soft way and uh uh so let me let me go let me skip to the first one because it might give you an idea. So I'll give you the first uh, first two lines. 
So the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. I shall just I'll read the whole thing. The unnameable that is et the eternally real naming is the origin of all particular things. Free from desire, you realize the mystery. Caught in desire, you see only the manifestations. Yet mystery and manifestations arise from the same source. This source is called darkness. Darkness within darkness, the gateway to all understanding. Right, so is not what you're hearing in... These are types of things you're not going to be hearing from Farmer Burns. These are types of things you're not going to be hearing um, from from virtually any kind of, uh, uh, say, like person who might be interested in martial arts from a um, uh, from Europe, right? But you can get some really cool quotes, and I kind of wanted to bring this up. So that's what I'm saying. The short answer is um um like no these you, like budo and say like catch wrestling philosophy are not the same um but let, let me kind of show you how you can kind of draw some parallels right all right oh some people are on <laughs> uh hey eileen hopefully you're still there let me know if you guys are still there so roberto hello all right so let me kind of go on here let me know if you guys are still there you don't have to be here i, I kind of figured uh, no one would be on kind of later on in the evening so anyway so this is from farmer burns all right it's from his writing and so i kind of want to show you because he did have in a way a little bit more of a naturalistic uh perspective but mostly on training right so he um He, he has like a lot of and actually even in his other book the life work of farmer burns he talks about like you know you say say if uh, if you if you have to live in this if you have to live and work in the city you know might as well uh, not have a car and you might as well walk even if it's like seven miles or something like that because you he wants you to spend hours outside you know and like like um, just be like getting fresh air, being in nature, using uh, your body to its fullest potential. Uh, but he wasn't necessarily talking about it in naturalistic ways like you would find in uh, Japan or uh, China, or like say the stuff that you would find in Tao Te Ching. Let me see. Oh, darn. I, I, um, I marked it. You can kind of, so, well, I don't think this is exactly the quote that I wanted, but this is one that's kind of similar. All right, so he's, he talks about, in this case, Farmer Burns talks about science in wrestling. He says, from my various discussions on the subject of speed, time, faint, block, etc., you can readily understand what what is meant by the term scientific wrestling. When two unskilled persons meet in a rough-and-tumble mix-up, sheer strength will almost always win. In such a contest, the strength is wasted in useless efforts, but in real scientific wrestling, 
advantage is taken of every opportunity to save strength and trick the opponent. Also, to wear him down and cause him to expend his energy in a greater degree than you are using your own. The science of wrestling is so deep that it cannot be learned in a few days or a few months. But as you continue the wrestling year after year, you will constantly add to your knowledge and skill until you become a real master of the fine points of the profession. Use your head fully as though, uh, oh, as you do your muscles. Think and plan and scheme constantly while practicing, and then you will get into real contests and you, and you will have formed a habit of good generalship. Right, so in that, in, in that kind of writing, I think you can kind of draw some of the, like some of, some parallels, but personally, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, um, but at least like you have it here in Farmer Burns, but you're, I, I, the reason why I still think it's kind of a stretch is that you're not having an, in with every catch wrestler, right? And, but say like nowadays, you say even in Japan, you're not going to have, uh, things like you know you're not, you're not gonna have every judo practitioner um you know talking about nature or whatever and or stuff like that like so um you, you can't necessarily say that everything is universal with regards to uh, martial artists who came out of japan as opposed to martial artists who came out of uh england or the united states um, but you'll at least have some that say like farmer burns who have more of this naturalistic idea about getting outside, using your body, uh, you know, breathing fresh air, you know, trying to uh, like doing other things, like communing with nature in a way so that um, you can uh, kind of have like a clean body so that you can, when you use it in a match uh, or in training, then you can use it to the best of its ability. And ultimately these both uh, philosophies are kind of, are to, like the, the end point or the end goal is somewhat similar, right? So that you can perform to the best of your ability, right? But some will be, say like maybe a lot of, say like in the Tao Te Ching and whatnot, uh, you might have more of a poetic way of doing it. Uh, but in Europe, you're not necessarily going to have it in that way. I mean, even though they have poetry or they have great, great authors and stuff like that, it's still not exactly the same, and it, um, especially the further back you go in time, right? So, I mean, the Tao Te Ching is, you know, much older than a lot of uh, philosophy that you'll get, or at least a lot of even poetry that you'll get from uh, from Europe and stuff. So, um, and you will actually see that um, there, say, once you have you have the say like colonization happening in the united states um and you'll actually get a heavier influence going back from from the americas to europe that actually changes their culture even more so so um so in a way a lot of what is considered western culture now is much different from the way it was prior to uh was it Four, well, fifteen hundred, right? So, um, and you know, so Tao, Taoism and stuff like that is you know far far older. So, 
that that's another reason why I'm saying it's like ultimately you cannot like make Budo or whatever like part of catch wrestling philosophy or whatever. Uh, they're just two kind of different things that developed in different different petri dishes, right? So different um, environments, right? Uh, so Eileen, I wonder if Farmer Burns was influenced by muscular Christianity at all, since that came into vogue around his time. Uh, potentially, he never quite mentioned it in any of the writings that I that I saw. I can, I mean, it, not that terminology specifically that I can recall, but um, he um, he could very well have have. I mean, like, because he, he he talks about going to the YMCA and stuff like that. And, you know, since but back in the day, you know, it was like, was it the Young Men's Christian Association or whatever? So he mentions it by that, you know, by the full name and uh, talking about how it's a great place to, you know, to go. And yeah, still, it still exists, right? <laughs> and they have a lot of great programs uh, for kids and adults and stuff like that. So um, um, I think potentially, definitely. Hello, Drew. So this is actually a request subject from from Drew himself. So thanks for showing up. Uh, so maybe you can even ask questions. Hopefully, hopefully you heard a little bit of what I was talking about prior to this point. So, but maybe later on, you, if if you didn't, you can go back and check this out. Because I mean, I had a bunch of man, I had a whole show, right? I had a whole thing, right? <laughs> um, uh, you know the greatest. Just kidding. No, I talked about the points of of Budo and um, and then talked about the the like the, the characters and stuff and stuff. How the, you know they go back to uh, China and how uh, the Do is actually the Dao, and so then that can be connected to Taoism and stuff like that. So I show or even um, besides going over the points of. Budo kind of talked about Taoism a little bit too, and some of the philosophy, and how it's not um, exactly what you would find coming from Europe, right? Um, but you can find people like Farmer Burns, or even um, you say Henry Collin, who is one of Farmer Burns' students, who I think was more of like an ethical, like vegan, uh, a long time ago, right? So um, you know, but so he talks about like you know eating not eating animal flesh and whatnot and um, trying to take care of his body and as best as, as best as he can and stuff like that. So, and he, he was, you know, performing very well, um, uh, you know, even you know, as he, as he got older and stuff, still beating the young guys. And that was an interview that, that talked about that. I was like, how, how, how is it that you're around 40 years old and you're still beating the young guys? And he's, he talks about like his diet and stuff like that, but he doesn't necessarily, again, he doesn't necessarily talk about it in um, kind of a, a Budo kind of way or something, you know, he's, he's, it's not exactly the same uh, way as that you would, you would hear, uh, you know, from coming from Taoism or, or even, you know, a lot of types of uh, Japanese philosophy. So like, I, you know, so, like personally, I can't say that there is like that strong of a connection, right? But you will have individuals who take training uh, very seriously and kind of make it more of a lifestyle. And in that way, you can kind of make it like a 
a Tao or a Do, right? How you say it in Japanese, right? So there, there could be like a way of doing things that, um, so then you talk about the Budo, like being kind of like a code for uh, Japanese martial arts. Then we've talked about how even Farmer Burns and Frank Gotch said the code of catch wrestling. So um, they don't necessarily have the same philosophical points as like a Budo would, but you still have like the way things are done in catch wrestling and the way the, and the way or the reason why certain things are done that way and the reason why other things aren't done like in say like the whole choke thing or whatever where you know in professional catch wrestling you, you chokes are barred right even though uh you know maybe you know in the earlier days of the evolution of of catch wrestling you know you still you actually had some kicks kind of being allowed and maybe even some of the strangles being allowed um, but as it evolved then those two things were uh, phased out and then when you had kind of like the the uh, kind of the rule setting and also kind of like the almost like the final version right of catch wrestling then yeah the you know of course there was no striking of any kind allowed you know it's really a pin oriented style uh, to show the dominance and control over the other person and so stuff like strangles were were considered to like not a way to show your dominance uh, you know neck crank like making someone move making someone roll over and go onto their back to relieve the pressure uh, that showed more control so that's why things like that are in like kind of like the final version of of catch wrestling um and you know not other things right so all right <laughs> with Eileen gets good it's fun to stay at the YMCA right so yeah farmer burns farmer, farmer burns are totally like um um uh <laughs> yeah he, he might have been a fan of the village people right okay Roberto seems to me like people who grapple after years come to the same ideas and their philosophies mirror each other a bit or is that a stretch too um that's not exactly like a, a stretch so i think sometimes like the end um like like the end goal of the philosophy is somewhat somewhat similar but um there, there would still be some stylistic differences and uh, so say like Farmer Burns, even though he talked about like being in nature and um, you know training outside, seeing seeing how often you can be outside and stuff like that, um, it still wouldn't necessarily be the same as like say like the the Taoist philosophy, um, where it'd be more say like metaphorical and um, uh, where you you would have like texts like the Tao Te Ching. Um, you, you don't necessarily see Farmer Burns writing stuff like that, you know, but it, a lot of it is uh, stuff that's helpful to like almost even in a way it's like a, stuff you, you don't have to think about as much, right? You don't have to meditate on as much, um, but it's still about helping people um, train better uh, and try to live uh, maybe more of a cleaner life, right? Um, and more of a uh, well, benevolent kind of life, right? So I, I think Farmer Burns was definitely a little bit more about that, especially with his um, his training philosophy and stuff like that. Even uh, you, um, it was it last 
beginning of this year. Uh, uh, we had Tom Connors' book, right? Was, we're talking about um, the guy who beat Farmer Burns, uh, I think, a couple times, a few times. Um, so the Brit, they say, is like, so that was a connection. Like, Tom Connors came over. Uh, so from Lancashire, England came over, beat Burns, and then they actually became friends and stuff and trained together. Um, so that that's kind of like the lineage connection. And um, but he even talks about you know like really training hard and uh, um, kind of like still making it more of a lifestyle type thing. So I think in that way you can kind of connect the two, right? Yeah. So in a way, it's like I do think that they're different, and the the kind of like the environments that they evolved in are different. Where I wouldn't necessarily say that they're there's much of a connection but it's still uh that's almost like the the end like their goal or the the their their end res the, the end result that they want is somewhat similar or if not the same eileen gets good how do you feel about combat catch wrestling where open-handed strikes are allowed i personally find it kind of silly but it's interesting from a historical perspective so uh open hand strikes were never allowed uh, even in the early evolution of catch wrestling it was all like you could do like kicks to the shins and stuff like that uh that like the kicks were kind of allowed were allowed right um but no it's just like it's just you know it seems like a, a gimmick you know like same thing with like with combat jujitsu and stuff like that um yeah, I have to agree with you. Roberto, we have grappled before, sir. I met you and trained a few times with you and a kid named Keanu. I think that was his name. So glad to see you're doing well, sir. Oh, okay, Roberto, and I'm glad you remember Keanu. Um, I think he's doing well. He came in. I hadn't seen him in a little while, but he, he came back to train a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully he sticks with it. Because uh, he has a lot of potential still. Yeah, so um, yeah, feel, feel, I'll, I'll read the whole Dada Jing if you want. <laughs> no, yeah, I have a few copies, a few different, a few different things. But there's like there's like a lot of really great passages. Almost every one is a uh, pretty interesting. There's one that I kind of wanted to um, talk about. Let's see if I can remember the number of it, but. Uh, if not, I'll just, if I can't kind of find it by uh, skimming through it, then I'll just kind of recite what I what I know, or at least the basic idea, because um, I think it, it can give you kind of something to think about where it's like, even nowadays, where you, you have like UFC and stuff like that, where a lot of times the person who sells the tickets, um, uh, they, they get all the attention and you'll see like... Um, someone like Conor McGregor or something like that, who was able to talk himself into some big, big fights and like, uh, you know, more pay and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. So say like, uh, with regards to, um, to even, so a long time ago, not a long time, actually is with the early two thousands. That's when the Chinese kickboxing style that I teach, so the Sanda, this is the, the kickboxing style that I teach in at UCLA. Um, it was more popular in, in this country. And um, so at that time, there was a lot of rivalry fights between Muay Thai from Thailand and 
and Sanda in China. So they had fights back and forth. And there was a lot, say like a lot of Thai people usually instigating or, or talking, uh, kind of like how you would see in, um, in UFC and stuff like that, where a, a Thai person would say like, oh, we would, you know, we'd kick everyone's ass and whatnot. Like, and so oftentimes in the press conferences, uh, the coaches, the Chinese coaches would say like, you know, when, after say a Thai person would say like, oh, we're going to kick all your guys' ass, all knockouts and this and that. And then the, the Chinese coach's response uh, would be like, we'll see. And they really wouldn't offer much back. And uh, this is one of my coaches was the, the, the coach of the Chinese national, or at least the, the main professional Sanda team that would go and um, be one of the more successful uh, coaches. So like you'd, you know, so a lot of times when they send him, Coach Guan, he, uh, uh, those, those, those are the nights that China would really dominate uh, other countries, and so usually they would send him, um, you know, especially if they wanted to win against Thailand and stuff. So, but that, that, that's kind of a, you might be able to see the difference in philosophy. All right. So, so okay. Here's one number sixty-eight from the Tao Te Ching. So it says the best athlete wants his opponent at his best. The best general enters the mind of his enemy. The best businessman serves the communal good. The best leader follows the will of the people. All of them embody the virtue of non-competition. Not that they don't love to compete, but they do it in the spirit of play. In this they are like children and in harmony with the Tao. All right. Does that make you think of anything? <laughs> Remind you of Goku from Dragon Ball? <laughs> right. Ooh. Ooh, you, a lot of comments here. Let me scroll back. Eileen gets good. Have you ever read the Tao of Pooh or the the of Piglet? Yes. Yes, a long time ago. So, um, yeah, they were good. I liked. I think there was a lot of good explanations of Taoism and stuff from those books. And they're short. <laughs> so, anybody wants. To, if anybody hasn't read read those, um, um, like, go for it. Right? Okay, Gridiron Masters was listening to Sean from Kings of Catch. He was saying how hard it was to put on matches. Do you think if the three count pin was modified to ride time or inability to escape, more grapplers would join? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I think that um, the I really like. It's really exciting the way the way it was done, or at least the way Wigan does it. Right, two two count pin. Uh, if you look back at our matches, like in. In Iowa, you know, we had NCAA um, uh, referees, so you know the the pins. Pinning is you know winning by pin can be exciting. Main thing is dominating the person. Is very few matches go the full twenty minutes, um, but the ones that did, um, like you know, it was pretty easy to see who was the mo most dominant one. All right, so. Um, I think right now, since jujitsu is is more popular, I think that's why people don't really do it. So, 
or do don't really do other styles. So this this includes catch wrestling, but it includes like all other styles. So say like even I know that I know some people um, who run the United States Shui Jiao Association. So that's like the Chinese wrestling, Chinese jacket wrestling, right? So uh, it's a great sport. It's fun. You know, a lot of people enjoy watching it. A lot of people who do it enjoy practicing it. Um, but because so you, you'll have like the mainstream style and um, these other styles will find it hard to get practitioners and competitors uh, because you know people want to do the mainstream thing they think it's like the best thing um, so even though there's other things that are uh, very effective or even more effective you know So, and I think a lot of times it's not about courting these other people from other styles. Um, it's about like um, you know just putting on the the best show. I mean, really, Robert, Roberto, do do you recommend any good books on the philosophy of fighting or catch? I feel like Sanda com complements catch wrestling very well. Do you work in bringing the? Uh, yeah, I try to bring both together. So, uh, luckily UCLA is letting me teach a class where we can have a mixed. So it'd be a, a true mixed martial arts class where we'll be like the two base styles of Sanda and catch wrestling. Uh, I'll be combining them, uh, so so people can have like a a real. Um, like you won't have to kind of split them up, right? Because Sanda is like kind of a top-down approach where you're striking and then you uh, take the person down and then you have to stop, right? You, you stand back up and fight again. Like you start, you strike again, uh, but we'll just continue on onto the ground. Because a lot of the takedowns are are very similar to catch wrestling, if not the, the same takedown. Um, so... We're gonna have that class coming. Oh yeah, that'd be one of the other announcements I wanted to kind of make. So, uh, that they're having me teach an extra, actually an extra few classes. Uh, but that that's the whole mixing of the catch wrestling and sanda is is one of them. Eileen, I personally think catch should learn lean into what makes it unique rather than trying to modify itself to appeal to more people. I think when people realize what makes catch cool, they'll come around. Yeah, I, I I feel I feel that because um, say like even that's something that we kind of talked about uh, a few weeks ago, right? Or like a couple months ago after uh, the the Wigan World Championship, we talked about we talked with uh, Robbie or Bobby Ward. Said um, these matches were great, and there you have really high quality wrestlers, people who've been wrestling and who are cognizant of staying off their back and whatnot. So. Um, when you have that, I mean, the action is is pretty constant, pretty fast-paced, um, and these matches are exciting. So, uh, I mean, if, if if you turn on, like, sports channels, like sports net networks, like ESPN and stuff, you'll have the most random sport. You know, they have, they have, like, cornhole and all these things where, um, you know, you have all these random things, right? And so it's – but it's because, kind of like how Eileen said, it's like you – you lean into what's what makes them unique, and then you know you can get people who are interested, and then you get competitors and stuff. So, um, if we continue to make like our our events good, 
and you have good quality catch wrestling, then uh, people will come around. Because we, we always have people asking about it. And it's just sometimes people, they don't show up or sometimes they get, um, I don't know, they have all they have all their kinds of reasons. But um, it, it at least they, um, they think that it is interesting. And uh, so there might be more spectators or whatever for it. But yeah, we got to try to uh, maybe... Well, ultimately, we need more competitors, but um, yeah, we don't have to lean lean into what makes catch wrestling unique because what makes it unique is also something that makes it more effective as well. Like the neck crank stuff, it's so good, right? And also the pin stuff. So it's like you're seeing people like the big time jujitsu gurus talking about you know, holding someone down effectively. Ultimately, that, that's that's pinning someone, right? So they're discovering the value of a lot of the fundamental catch wrestling uh, techniques, right? Eileen, I think once the, oh, Ro Roberto, sorry. Congratulations, that sounds great. Of course it sounds great. I said it, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, um, Eileen, I think once the world's infatuation with BJJ runs its course, people will look for alternative arts to study. It's like what happened with karate in the 70s and 80s. It blew up and was everywhere. Uh, yeah, you have a good point. That's the thing. I think what, what we talk about even different, uh, when we talk about economics in particular, so um, say right now we're living in predominantly a capitalist society, and but just think like uh, a few hundred years ago when people were living in a more feudalistic society, they thought like, oh, it, it's always, things are always going to be this way. But we have uh, almost a very different uh, like economic um, uh, apparatus that we live in, right? Or economic system that we live in, and a lot of times, or a long time ago, people thought that what the the system that they lived in was inescapable, right? But it's gone, right? So, so um, you know, a lot of times, so like people. Are thinking right now, or people back in the day thought, oh, karate is the greatest thing, and then uh, all these different kind of striking arts and stuff were like the greatest thing, and then something comes along, and then uh, then you know, karate loses its 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 like luster and stuff like that. So yeah, so right now, um, and actually even kind of that kind of happened with catch wrestling uh, to some extent, but then because of the whole pro wrestling thing, so it, it made it a little bit different, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, catch wrestling kind of had its 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 uh, fifteen minutes in a way. But yeah, so things are, you know, even though you think that uh, catch wrestling or jujitsu might be like the only thing, or the, you know, we'll we'll see, you know, see what happens in you know a decade or so, or even less time. Gridiron Masters, I like the pin a lot. Oh, so, <laughs> hold on, it kind of slid up. I like the I like the pin, but a lot of great submissions get left out. I like the idea of modifying the pin to allow the bottom person a bit more time to escape bottom, but still driving action. All right, Roberto. Well, what opened my eyes to catch was when you let me put you in a full rear naked choke and you got out no sweat. And when and when pin someone, you are dominant. That's why I like it. All right. Gridiron Masters. 
Snake Pit Wigan Championship was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish that uh, they filmed it so well when, when I was competing there. <laughs> all, right, all I got is, I got is some fuzzy, uh, fuzzy, uh, was it, old cell phone video. Okay, Eileen gets good. Gridiron Masters. True, but you could make the same argument about how BJJ leaves a lot of good pinning techniques out. No one art is going to have everything because of rule sets. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I mean, like, I think the appreciation of the pin is, like, it's coming around, right? And uh, if you get stuck, I mean, you're stuck, right? And I think that that, that should be appreciated, right? <laughs> it's not just like, oh, well, you know, if I had five more seconds, I could have gotten out. But it's like, really? How long are we going to have to wait, right? It's a... Uh, um yeah two seconds is good just don't don't really fight hard to keep them from dominating you right and it's not like you can't touch your shoulders i mean you can go for say like double wrist lock or you can kind of even roll someone over you kind of like the that kind of a sacrifice kind of roll you're not pinned right so just just don't then stay flat on your back right so um yeah so, so, so the person has to be on top of you right you but you well yeah if you lay flat on your back and you know even though the person's not on you i mean you, you'll still end up losing because if you, if you just stay there and don't move i mean <laughs> i don't know that's, that's just weird that's just weird all right okay all right so uh, with that being said, ultimately, I think the the main point right of, of today's today's uh, talk was the whole thing about like the like budo or sorry like the Japanese uh, philosophical way of martial arts and catch wrestling and if it had any kind of connection and uh, my short answer would be no, um, but you can kind of see certain practitioners of catch wrestling and, and in particular, I think. Farmer Burns, but you also see some, like I said earlier, you'll also, you'll also see some great catch wrestlers like Tom Connors mentioned the whole idea about like, you know, how to take care of your body better or, um, you know, how to train better so you can be not only a better athlete, but a better person um, or to be healthier for longer, right? But, um, uh, but you'll see some of these kinds of things about like training to become a better person. You'll see a little bit more of that uh, with say like the Budo or even some of the Chinese uh, martial arts stuff. Um, but it is again, nothing is like 100% like everybody thinking that way, even in say like China or Japan or whatever, not everyone's going to be like this kind of virtuous person but they'll be surra you'll be surrounded in a lot of these types of um, uh, quotes and stuff. And like what I read from the Tao Te Ching or, or I mentioned from the, the pillars of Budo and stuff like that. Um, so where they'll, they'll attach these other, these other values to your martial arts training, like the whole idea of courage and kindness, benevolence, and um, uh, trying to become a better person. So you, you don't, necessarily see that emphasized in uh, uh, historical was it HEMA or the like a uh, 
European martial arts. Yeah, at least you won't necessarily see it in the same way that is done in um, East Asian martial arts. In particular, like Japan, like, you know, since the question was about Budo, which is Japanese language. What is a Japanese language? <laughs> That's kind of weird. This is a weird thing. So yeah, Budo is actually comes from uh, the Japanese pronunciation of Chinese words, right? So Budo, so Do is Dao, right? And in the original language that it comes from, right? China, Man, Mandarin or whatever. And um, Bu, it would be the Japanese, Jap, was it Japanification of the word Wu, right? So Wu turns to Bu and Dao turns to Do, right? So th that's why I wanted to bring up the Chinese stuff too, because to give you an even better understanding or even a deeper, well, maybe hopefully more nuanced uh, uh, perspective of these types of, or at least like the martial art philosophy. All right, so hopefully any of you can come, like if anybody wants to train, so with, um, all right, so you feel free to come back to train with us, uh, you know, anytime. Uh, also, for those of you who haven't come to LA, you know, if you're around, you know, please come on. Um, um, also, um, oh, actually, so Eileen, fun fact, Budo is the origin of the name of the martial art Kubudo, meaning old martial way, or Kobudo, Ko. Ko, I bet if I, if you put the character down, Ko would probably be, uh, maybe Gu from Mandarin, so that'd be like the old, one way to say old. It's a it's an umbrella term for the old Okinawan martial arts. Yeah, so supposedly like the Okinawan martial arts kind of since it was uh, had more of a more of a connection right to yep that's it gu. So Eileen put the the Chinese character uh, up there for the ku. So yeah, it's uh yeah that is like the old mar literally in written in Chinese like the old martial way. Yeah. So yeah, so supposedly well, Okinawan martial arts, you know, had a lot of connection to China as well. So so there, there's a lot of um, like exchange, or actually, almost, I want. I mean, the China gave a lot of like say like the written like literacy in a way to Japan, and um, there's a lot of things that were given, and a lot of. Uh, systems and stuff that were added that were given from from one way so like from china to japan yeah so eileen yeah there's a theory that okinawan martial arts come from the similar martial arts brought to japan from fujian specifically specifically fujian white crane kung fu uh yeah very possible Fujian is a province near uh, near the coast there, so um, it would just be a hop, skip, and a jump. Actually, it would be like a boat ride uh, to Okinawa. Yeah, I think one of my 
I believe that's where um, um, a really cool city, really coastal, really cool coastal city is. Um, I believe. Uh, I don't want to. Anyway, it's yeah, it's a pretty historical with regards to martial arts and stuff like that. And if you see even like some of the the Ip Man movies and stuff like that, I think they talk about uh, people coming from that region and stuff going down south to uh, you know to see all the southern styles and stuff. And you know they would all you know in the movies they would all fight against each other and all that. Eileen gets good. I'd love to study White Crane, to be honest. Southern Chinese martial arts are my favorite variety of Kung Fu. Wing Chun, Mantis, Hungar, Pak Mei, etc. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. Um, I'm personally like a, a northern type of person, like Sanda and all that stuff. Um, and uh, But yeah, there's also a lot of cool wrestling styles in China. So not just the uh, jacket wrestling, but uh, even in the the southern province, so not the southern southern province where people like where people speak um, Cantonese, but uh, north of Vietnam, so kind of more much more inland, right? So north of Vietnam, um, uh, they the 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 indigenous people there uh, they do wrestling. So it's really really similar to freestyle, and I think they pretty much just adopted freestyle rules, but they do have. Um, uh, kind of continuous wrestling. So in freestyle, you have the 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 referee blowing his whistle every few seconds and whatnot. But uh, in in um, in Yunnan province, uh, they'll let you wrestle um, to the pin or whoever dominates. Again, yeah, whoever dominates the other person or who like say if they can't roll them over, but if they're on top the most and just uh, trying really hard to roll them over and the other person can't get out from underneath, then that other person uh, will usually win if they do kind of a decision thing it depends on the village so you might have uh different ways to um, declare a winner yeah all right so we're kind of nearing the the hour mark so we will go ahead and uh, call it a night so i want to thank everyone for listening and um, if you want to uh, become a member of this channel to support us on our this is our YouTube channel. You can become a member. We have a bunch of cool videos. Um, I think Eileen ended up seeing one. Thank you for for becoming a member. Um, I put one up where I drained one of my ears. I got to drain it again. Oh, this, this other one. It's almost better. It has a little bit up, a little bit of swelling up here. Got to drain this last little bit to kind of regain the the normal shape. But it's just like. Um, at the jujitsu school that I was training at, the um, it was my my ear got a little swollen and it was usually heals really fast. Um, but then it was actually a woman. A woman came from Northern California and then they were, they wanted to train for ADCC and then because ADCC was doing I think it was this I think it's this weekend or next weekend. Anyway, there, there's going to be an ADCC um, um, rules event right in Las Vegas. And so they wanted to come uh, to uh, train in other schools and stuff, especially Nogi. And then uh, so this one woman uh, was just like using her elbows like to my head and stuff like that. So then it just really swelled up. So, yeah, I got to drain this. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully it looks a little bit less swollen next time. It's got a little bit in there.
but a lot of it's it's a lot better than it was. And so yeah, I put a video of me draining it. <laughs> but I mean, so we got a lot of other cool videos up there too. We got a lot of cool ones that were uh, done. Like say, like one of the one of the things that was really historic was we did a presentation in the home of Frank Gotch in the park where he used to train publicly for his matches in Humboldt, Iowa. So um, we did a presentation there. Uh, we have a bunch of cool videos up there. We'll try to add more. All right, so. Uh, consider becoming a member if you want to train, and uh, you can also do our online courses on the CWA Academy. That's on our website, catchwrestlingalliance.com. Uh, but yeah, feel free to ask any questions. If um, you know, maybe we can talk about it. Maybe, maybe we can make it a whole subject um, next time. So, you know, feel free to keep asking questions. Thank you very much. And yeah, so Eileen says thanks for streaming. Good to see you. Can't wait to start training. Yeah, please. So every, hopefully everyone has that same that same attitude, right? Let's, let's just train and put on some great catch wrestling matches. So um, let's keep this alive, right? So let's elevate our grappling and keep real wrestling alive. 